Let's, um, we're going to get started. Let's open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this day. We thank you for your mercy and your grace that has kept us throughout the night. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to assemble together, Father God, and to fellowship together, to rejoice, Father God, but mostly, Lord God, to understand how we as the church can continue to move forward toward your mandate. Father God, to go and make disciples of all nations, Father God. But then not only that, Father God, burden our hearts to be a voice for the voiceless, for those who are hurting, who are in need, and who are poor, Father God. Lord God, we thank you for our presenter today. Lord God, we pray that you would um, encourage her heart, Lord God, that you would give her the words, Father God, the passion, but most importantly, the power to speak to your people today. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Christ's precious name, amen. 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 So church, we have been having an amazing time during our Global Missions Month. Um, we have heard from speakers who are serving near and far. Today, I'm super excited about Zoe Ministries being here and presenting. Part of that is I have a deep passion um, in this area. Some of you may know, some may not. I am a survivor of years of rape and abuse. And it's part of my testimony, part of what I use when I go serve abroad to young girls who um, are being exploited sexually. Um, we come back and share. You guys have been amazing in your support of helping us to continue to provide for the needs of those girls so they don't have to exploit themselves any longer. So today, I'm just praying that your heart would be open, that your ears would be open, that you would experience the presence of God as she presents today about how we can continue to be the church right here in Delaware. And so our speaker for today is um, Tanya Johnson from Zoe Ministries. Um, Mrs. Tanya Johnson has dedicated her professional career in the human services field, serving in an array of positions for the past 24 years. Mrs. Johnson, a master's level mental health clinician, has provided counseling services for more than 20 years with families impacted by trauma, abuse, and violence. Families in distress, foster care youth, sexually violated teens, and the severely mentally ill are those of whom she has a passion to serve. Her career has afforded her the opportunity to practice in North Carolina, Illinois, Pennsylvania, the Carolina the California Bay Area, and for the past several years here in the great state of Delaware. Mrs. Johnson would say that teaching and serving others is her greatest passion, amen? Helping individuals develop effective coping strategies to move on to fruitful and productive lives, healed of their past, is her greatest reward. Currently, Mrs. Johnson works for the Presley Ridge Treatment Foster Care as the program supervisor and advocates for ending human trafficking throughout the state of Delaware. Mrs. Johnson sits on the Wilmington University Ad Hoc Human Trafficking Advisory Board, Zoe Ministries board member, and is a member of DELCAT, Delaware Coalition Against Human Trafficking. We are super excited to have you with us today. Um, church, I just wanna remind us of our anchor scripture today. In Proverbs 3, 8 and 9, if we do it, it will be like good medicine, healing wounds and easing your pains. Honor the Lord by making him an offering from the best of all that your land produces. Amen. I'm a witness that God can do it. God, that journey of healing and back to wholeness from being shattered is possible. But we are the church, right? You have been a part of my journey and others' journey. And so we want to go outside these walls and help others with that journey as well. Welcome her. Good morning. Good morning. That sounds so wonderful. I need to just record that. And, like, and this is Tanya. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. Um, I am blessed and honored to have my father here who um, is here. And I thank God for him because he's been a great reflection of God to me. Um, and so I honor you, Dad. And also my husband's here, um, and we have four children at home, so I'm grateful for him as well. 
so I like to walk around, but I'm going to talk. But what I really want to talk about today is human trafficking. I thank you so much for your hospitality and your welcoming and your support. Human trafficking is real. Anybody ever saw the movie um, Taken? Okay. So initially when I saw the movie Taken, you know, I have daughters and I prepared my daughters. Okay, honey, this is what happens when you go away. It doesn't happen here. But when you go away, you need to be safe. You need to do this. You need to do that. But actually, it happens here, not just United States, but it actually happens here in Delaware. All right. So one of the things, a couple of things that I want to do today um, within a lot amount of time, I want to actually talk about what is human trafficking. I want you to be aware of what it is, what it looks like, and what you can do. Uh, we're not here. To, we're not going to solve it all today. But we can make little steps. We can do something, um, whether it's prayer, um, whether it's um, opening our home, whether it's a financial investment, whether it's being an advocate, or whether it's just making a phone call if you see something that's out of order. Okay? So the first thing, human trafficking. So you might have to help me. Here we go. Am I good? Face the screen. Oh, there we go. I see something moving. There we go. Okay, so human trafficking is, is a form of modern-day slavery, right? Um, and it's been a federal crime since the passage of TVBA of 2000. So it's nothing new, but it's just a modern day of, of slavery. Um, but what is it? It occurs with the exploitation of the victim. It does not require a physical movement of victims as a prerequisite. Where does this happen? I said it does happen here, but where does it actually happen, okay? We have sex trafficking. Sex trafficking can happen in the street prostitution. It could be massage parlors, which we'll actually talk about today. Um, it could be re residential brothels, escort services, online exploitation, hotels and motels, truck stops, um, labor trafficking, um, construction, peddling and begging rings, factories, small businesses. I can actually give you a list. I might need help. There we go. So this is a list of just stating exactly where um, sex trafficking or trafficking just in general can occur. So we have labor trafficking, we have sex trafficking. Today we're going to specifically talk about sex trafficking. Now what is sex trafficking? These are definitions. Uh, the recruitment of harboring or transportation, providing or obtaining of a person for a commercial sex act in which a commercial sex act is induced by force, fraud, or coercion, or in which the person induced to perform such an act not attained 18 years of age. And that's a key point, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Labor trafficking is very similar. However, the recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision, or obtaining of a person for labor services through the use of force, fraud, or coercion for the purpose of subjection to involuntary servitude, peonage, debt, bondage, or slavery. Minors. Minors induced into commercial sex acts are child sex trafficking victims. So what's the difference? What would be the difference between a child, someone who's not 18, versus someone who is over 18? They may be, they may be looked at as, oh, that's just a prostitute. They're an escort. That's the only difference. Now, they could have been 17, then turned 18. However, if they are under 18, the age of under 18 that is considered child trafficking. So, in that case, there's no need to prove the force, fraud, or coercion. And so what is force? Force is the physical assault, um, sexual assault, rape, physical co um, confinement or isolation, fraud, um, false promises about working and living conditions, withholding wages, coercion is the threats of life, safety, family members, or others, threats of deportation or arrest, debt, bondage, um, withholding legal documents, psychological manipulation. And let me just go back to this real quick. So, again, we have, if you're under the age of 18 and, you're in, and a child is in this situation, it is automatically considered sex trafficking. Okay? If they're above age 18, that is not. And you so say, how do the kids get involved? Is it just like the movie Taken? Are they literally taken? Sometimes they're not. Sometimes I can give a promise, listen, you know, it could be a boyfriend. Social media is big today, 
So it could be on social media, and unfortunately, we have a lot of girls who are very insecure, and it's not just girls. It could be young men, and they post all these pictures, I'm bored, or they might post pictures of themselves that you know, show a little too much, and then they start getting followers, and we have predators. And then they get on there, and then they start following them. Hey, what you doing? Nothing, I'm mad at my mom and dad. I can't stand my mom and dad. You know, hate everybody. Oh, well, what's wrong? I don't have any money. Well, let me take you out. So then we build this false relationship, this pretense, this fairy tale relationship, and then they're just lure them in just little by little by little by little. And long and short, then we're in a relationship. Come on out, okay? And there's a testimony that I want to share with you guys later that she'll share more about that. Um, so what are our laws? There are laws. We do have state laws in the Delaware and we are fighting this. We have the Delaware uh, state legislation law, um, human trafficking law, we have the felony, we have massage parlor regulations. Anybody seen massage parlor? Um, it usually has curtains in front of it, it's kind of dark. Mm -hmm. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, now there's a lot of men who go to massage to get their feet uh, taken care of. When you go to massage parlor, ladies, which one would you go to? The one with the dark curtain in front of it? Or are you going to go to the one with the windows open and the lights and you see the crystals and you kind of see everybody going in day and night, right? It still says massage parlor, right? And then we have another one that's open 2 to 3 a.m. You really don't ever see people actually going in there, but you always see that sign open. Which one's more appealing to you, ladies? Okay. There's a reason, and we have pictures, and we'll show you. But you asked, Tanya, but you said there's a law, massage parlor regulation, the DPR. Technically, it's a business. It is, they are a licensed business. It's what they do behind doors or what they're asked, possibly happy ending. Would you like a happy ending? Do we know what a happy ending is? Um, so right now there's a human of human human foundation of human traffic coordination council. There's another council that just started beginning, um, and that meets um, it's for open for a public. I am a part of Delcat, and I would invite anyone who would like to participate. We pr meet once a month, and it's called Delaware Coalition Against Trafficking. This is one council. And this is the corridor. Do you see where all the red is? I know there's a pointer. But do you see where the red is all on the side? Can anybody see Delaware? Let's, let's go there. Can anybody see Delaware? It's covered. It's covered. It's covered. Okay. So this is where, according to we get the most calls. This is not only where um, human trafficking or sex trafficking happens, but this is where it's been identified the most, where calls have been called in. And do you see the 95? You see all the way up? Go all the way down. Up and all the way down. And good old sweet Delaware, if you can ride down one, go straight down to Maryland, stay with our no tax law, you know, no taxes, hotels, in and out, and no one would ever know. Again, this isn't outside the country. That's the United States. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the United States. Children in foster care at an elevated risk for child sex trafficking, which makes it important for caseworkers and foster parents, um, allied professionals receive training on prevention identifying red flags. 60% were in foster care or group homes when they ran away. Why are foster kids at risk? Being foster care works uh, was a perfecting training for commercial sexual exploitation. Um, some kids think, you know, I was used to be put in the system. You get paid to take care of me. So what's the difference if I go to work for someone else and they're just getting paid the same way? And unfortunately, people do who are in foster care, they look at that the same way. Um, I work in foster care. I like to speak against that because we have some great homes 
where people or children are actually being restored where they are having forever homes. They have the opportunity to be safe. But unfortunately, there are some homes out there where they are exploited. At-risk population, undocumented uh, migrants, those involved in juvenile justice system, um, runaways, hey, I'll give you a better life. I can give you a better life. Come with me. Um, homeless youth, you ain't got to stay in the shelter. You tired of your mama talking about you all the time? You got to do those chores? You ain't got to do no chores. You don't got to do any of that. And then what happens is, remember we saw that map, how red it was, You're, the goal is you don't stay in one place at one time. Because if I were to stay in one place at what, one time, what would happen? What would happen if I just hung out with these two all the time? I can't hear you. There's no wrong answer. Say that again. Ah, familiar, yes. And then we would begin a relationship, correct? And so eventually you're going to say, Tanya, what's wrong? And then guess what? Wait, is that a friend or is that not a friend? So before that familiarity can begin, we, let's keep moving them. Now I'm going to put a little something in your drink or I'm going to do something to you. So now I'm, all, now I'm starting to begin addiction that I'd even start. I didn't ask for this. I just asked, can I get away from my mom and dad? And you promised me a life. Now I'm somewhere in, I don't know, Pensacola, Florida. Never heard of Pensacola, Florida. Now I'm somewhere on the West Coast. Don't even know where I am. Threatened. And mind you, remember I put all my information on social media, you know, where I went to school, how I love my best friend, my puppy, my dog, my family. Now I can do, I can threaten you. You say something, you do something. What am I going to go do? Yeah, I'm threatened. I'm going to go kill your mom, your dad, your best friend. I'm going to go to your school. You remember those pictures? Well, actually, you really don't remember those pictures that you took that night? Yes. All of that. Relationship equals abuse. Sexual abuse has consistently been identified as about risk factors for involvement in commercial sex. The majority of youth have been... Um, identified as being exploited in a CSE, had prior welfare involvement due into part to exposure to sexual abuse. And unfortunately, those who have been sexually abused kind of get this thought, is this normal? Mm. So is this what all adults do? Is this what all my uncles do? Is this what your uncle does? Mm. Because this is what my uncle does. Oh, that's the norm. No, that's not the norm. Mind you, we're all adults, and most of us in this room, but there was a time we were children and when we were children, that's how we were molded and we were shaped. So how they're being molded and shaped if they were sexually abused when they're younger and there's no one to tell them what's right or wrong, then they're going to think that's a part of normalcy. So if I'm 16, I've been abandoned, I've been abused, I've been um, raped, there's no one ever been there to protect me, and then here comes this one person who's going to give me all these promises to treat me a little bit better, what would be the difference? Okay, this is the, and this is, this is 2014, okay? So I'm just going to give you guys some numbers. I can't see that because I don't have my glasses. But um, in 2014, the MHTTF Victim Services Committee members reported identifying and providing services to 396 survivors of human trafficking. 15 labor trafficking. Out of the 15, two were U.S. citizens, 13, foreign nation, 13 were foreign nationals. Okay, are you ready for this? There were 381 sex trafficking. Remember the movie Taken? How many do you think? Now the answer's on the board, if you can see. But how many do you think were actually U.S. citizens? Not those who crossed the board, not immigrants, there were 373 out of, three eight, out of 396, 373 were United States citizens. Did you guys hear that? Since I was a child, I don't know why, but you remember um, the milk cartons? We used to get the milk cartons, and on the milk cartons there's always a picture. And I remember I asked my mom and dad, I was like, why, you know, why is there, you know, where are they? We don't know. That's why they put them on there. Um, 
And then in the newspapers, you would see you would see that sometimes, not really on the news, but you would just see these people randomly, these kids, and then it impacted me because like they're my age. And now when you go to Walmart, remember that big wall you guys sometimes see? I've just had a passion since I was little just to pray for them. Because they're real people who are really missing. They're not all just dead. They're possibly alive. So what is the motivation of all this? Just what do you think the motivation of all this is? The love of what? Yeah. It's a prophet. Traffickers can be U.S. citizens or foreign nationals. They're males or females. They're adults or minors. Organized crimes or street gangs. They're family members. They're family members. I have worked with kids and most, some of the people who I work with and some of the kids I've seen, it's not strangers. They're not strangers. Even worse, some people are even in church. God help. They're acquaintances, they're strangers, the diverse social, economic, ethnic backgrounds, anyone. Let me, let me say that one more time, anyone. There was actually a case that was in D.C. Um, in a prominent neighborhood, and um, a young lady had, um, her father was a politician, and they and their group friends went to a party, took some pictures, and they exploited them, and they said, well, if you don't come back out with us, we're gonna share these pictures. Now, imagine if they shared those pictures of what it would do to their parents' reputation. So they went with it. Okay, well, we'll go out with you. Ah, so now we're getting more meat, we're getting more weight, more pictures were taken. Well, I want you to do X, Y, Z. Otherwise, I'm gonna tell the whole media and the whole world will know what you're doing. So guess what they did? They did it. This went on for like six weeks. These girls were jumping out the window, going out the back way, doing whatever, and then eventually it came out. These were high-profiled um, teenagers with their families, but because of who their parents were, they were so afraid to say something. So it has no boundary. When I say anyone, anyone. Okay, I want you to watch this pimp psychology clip. Upset, I was like, you know, he took my girlfriend, and it was like she was just a hoe to you. Can you stop that? Okay, we're ready. Yesterday, you know, either get out the game or go get another hoe. So I went and got another hoe. How did you get her? I just went and told another girl, hey, look, I know a way we can make some money, and you want to try it. And she tried it. Was it easy to get her to do it? Not the second one. The first one, because she thought she loved me, it was. It took the second one a little convincing. One of the first things I learned was that uh, anybody can control a woman's body, but it takes a pill to control her mind. And how, how do you go about controlling her mind? She has to believe in you. You have to make her believe in herself. You feed them. You take care of their clothes. If they go to jail, you're there with the bail. When they go to court, you're there with the lawyer. You have to treat them better than the other parents. You tend to work looking better than the other hoes, you know, because it's a competition when they're out there. Um, they want to get the big money tricks just like the other hoes do because they want to make daddy happy, you know. The more money you bring home, the happier daddy is, and the happier daddy is, the happier you're going to be. People need to understand that girls, when their heart is sold out to something that they believe in, that they'll stick with that belief, no matter how hard that belief is pushing them down. No matter how many times they get beat down, choked, kicked, stomped, in the hospital, 
dragged, cut, it doesn't matter. Because if you love that person, you'll go back. There's that whole cycle of, you know, grooming, you know, oh, I'm gonna be nice at first, we'll have the honeymoon period, then I'm gonna start, you know, putting hands on my girls, and then when they, you know, threaten to run, maybe I'm gonna be nice again, I'm gonna woo them back. It's like that whole cyclical, like domestic violence thing. There's a stat in the industry right now. Five to seven times women go back to their pimps. That's the stat. They leave, go back. Leave, go back. Leave, go back. Because they're in love. It's their, it's their husband, it's their boyfriend. It's their love of their life. So what did we just say again? Because this was, this, he was just talking, we're talking about the pimp psychology, right? And so when we see prostitutes, sometimes I'm guilty. I know I've been like, before I knew, look at them. Why are they doing that? Or, or look down on someone escorting or someone who's a escort or strippers or whatever they might be. But even as a woman of God, I can't do that. I don't know their story. I don't know how they got there. Because once you get in, it's hard to get out. You heard what he said. It's about manipulation, getting to the mind. But I can't save you, and the law doesn't really save you, doesn't protect you, unless you're what age? Under 18. And so if I'm living this life, I have nowhere to go to. I don't have a home. I don't have a church home. If I walk through those doors, are they going to judge me the way I look? Are they going to protect me? Are they going to save me? Where is God? All right. So here's, a, here's an actual case. Um, we've had more recent cases, but here's an actual case. This one is in Georgetown. The police say two victims fell into trap of Georgetown man. The police say he is a trafficker, not of cocaine or heroin, but of people. Um, his name is Aniceto Ortez, 33 of Georgetown. The Georgetown police say he illegally smuggled people into the U.S. from Mexico. Police say Ortiz scammed people into moving to the United States. He promised a family of, four, of a 14-year-old girl that she would have a better life and financial opportunities in Georgetown. He also persuaded a 23-year-old man to come back to the United States with him for better work and pay. Once in, so the shack, so Ortez faces local and federal charges. The police say that cases like this one or on the rise in area. The shack was the home of two victims. There's a small camp room with no insulation, then thin, thin metal siding and supported by two by fours. Once inside, the police found a 14-year-old girl asleep and surrounded by men's clothing. The police say she was being held against her will. Now, because she was being held against her will, do we have to prove force, coercion, or fraud? Why? Absolutely. You don't, know, you don't know what to think, um, said Joel Diaz of Georgetown Police. At first, you're like, how can someone be living here? And you're kind of in awe, and you can't really believe it. Unfortunately, that's not something that's new around here. It's something that is recurring, and we just keep running into everywhere we go. The police also said the 14-year-old girl was sexually abused by the 23-year-old your man living inside the room with her, and he was taken into custody and charge. The girl is now in foster care in Delaware. Again, it's not always outsiders. We have family members who actually sell. They used to be, not just used to be, but at times it was just uh, a lot of incest or sexual abuse in our families or in our homes. Now people are starting to be able to prostitute and are making money off of that. And the kids have no one to talk to. And so when times get really rough, I know what does work. I know how I can get some money. I know how I can get some quick money. But then they don't know how to get out. Police, two women held against their will for prostitution. We don't know their story because they're older 18. So it's considered what? Prostitution. This is another case that was in Salisbury, Maryland. Woman to man charged for human trafficking. And I'm trying to fast forward because I really want to get to you. I want to show you guys about rub maps. Rub maps. 
Rob Maps in Delaware, do you guys remember there was a big article that came out that there was a shutdown on Backpage.com um, about sex trafficking, classifieds, Craigslist? You're actually able to go, there's a, if you never heard of Backpage.com, Backpage.com is almost like a, a Google search um, where you can actually literally look up and request for different things of sex. Um, and I'm gonna show you how, how detailed, so you do not have to look for yourself, I'm gonna show you, okay? Um, so we have the Oriental Massage Parlors and RubMaps.com. Supposedly RubMaps has supposedly been shut down and the purpose was because it was just an open, clear, direct path to request sex, young or old. Camden, Wyoming, erotic massage parlors with RubMaps.com, Delmar Massage Parlors. This is Delaware. That's Camden, Wyoming, Delaware. That's Delmar Massage Parlors, Claymont Massage Parlors, RubMaps, uh, Middletown Massage Parlor, RubMaps, Milford Massage Parlors. Um, yeah. This is here, Delaware. Good old, sweet, beautiful Delaware. Uh, Wilmington Erotic Massage Parlors with reviews, Rehoboth, um, Newark, Dover, Seaford. What, what town do you guys live in? Let me call it out for you. <laughs> Middletown. Yep, yeah, Middletown. Middletown. And so this is what it would look like. Got your telephone number. We have different pictures. Of course, on the other side, the left, you can even point to different states. And you see Delaware, Delaware actually has 70. It's 76 or 72. Delaware, little small Delaware. 79. I was gonna pull it up so I can see it. Okay, 79, yep. Exotic massage parlors. Um, I don't want to read different words, but it's very, very explicit to, um, very explicit. <laughs> I don't know if I can use those words in this holy place. <laughs> so this is a um, claim that Masseuse cited for prostitution. Why is she cited for prostitution? Yes, because she's over 18. Mm-hmm. This was in Claymont, accused of offering sex to an undercover state trooper for money, and police said Friday the incident happened um, at Moon Spa at 2813 Philadelphia Pike, said state police um, Jeffrey Hale. Why? Because at the end of the massage, like I said, the massage parlors are licensed, right? But at the end of the, end of the massage, she asked, would you like a happy ending? Does everyone know what a happy ending is? Okay, is that a yes? Okay, all right. Um, and these are just more cases. What we found is that there's a trend of people going back to Flushing, New York. Flushing, New York, there's a, um, a huge airport, there's an airport, and we noticed that there are a lot of immigrants and people without papers who come in and they come out. So what happens, Tanya? You said they get arrested, so she got arrested. What do you think happens when they go to the courtroom and they say, uh, ma'am, did, did you do this? Yes. First of all, who do you think is going to pay their bail? Who? Oh, the one who takes care of them? The one who you better not dare go against? Right? And so because if I were to say, in this group of strangers, if I were to say something, how do I know you're going to protect me? Who's taking me home? Because the people that I've been sleeping with, I had no other choice. Nobody's taking me home. No matter how sad I looked or what I might have said, no one's taking me home. And they kind of look like you too. So why would I dare say something to anyone? All right, so we have five times per day times seven days a week times one times a year equals how many? 1,824 sexually encounters annually. And that would be their sleeping quarters in the back. Again, the part that you don't see. 
real pictures. Do you see that card? When we see the dove, what do we think of? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. I did too. But this isn't a holy man that we're talking about. So just like there's sign language within gangs and there's different, you know, symbols that mean different things, this symbol actually refers to it's a call that they will come to you. Okay, so this is also back on Backpage.com. Um, just literally numbers, new number, um, Nikki Heat, young and thick, um, just different slang words. The flowers mean certain things. Hello, guys, 25, Elkton, beautiful bombshell, 28. Um, new staff just coming in Dover. Excellent massage, um, pretty babe. Telephone number, new in town. One says, new in town, never looked. The nice 24. Sexy playmates for a sexy play. This is just stuff that's just there. New Asian young girl, what do you think that means? What do you think new young girl, what does that you think that means? Ah, fresh meat under 18, absolutely. Quota of 10 customers a night or $1,000 a night, one times seven per day, days a week, one year, comes to $365,000 per girl. Think if you had four girls. And what did we say again? Why, 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 what's the motive? The profit, the money. Why aren't there mirror laws out there? Why aren't there your posters like everywhere? Because it's about the what? Money. All right, we're going to hear this survivor story. Today, we are going to interview a few girls who've been in and out of prostitution and trafficking. So hopefully they can show us what prostitution looks like here. I uh, ran away from home the first time when I was 12 years old. And at 11 years old, I had, I knew what prostitution was. I shouldn't have known, but I knew what prostitution was through my sister and things that had happened to her. When I was four years old, my dad decided to kill my mom. So he shot her through her back. And um, she was just bleeding to death but no one there would call the police. So they put me in foster care. It was so hard, so I ran away from the system. My mom didn't want to have anything to do with me anymore. And so she chose basically my stepdad over me and she kicked me out and she left me on the streets. She actually took me to a juvenile hall lobby and just left me there. And at 12 years old, I was supposed to figure out what I was supposed to do next. And what I, what I did next was I got angry and I started running. Of course, you get out there, the pimps come, they come. They're like vultures, they just, they're prowling up and down the street. They'll chase you, they'll get out their car, run down the street to get you. And um, there's this guy who says, oh, I can take you away from foster care and away from your problems. You're worth gold and, you know, and I can get you clothes and I can, you can have your nails done if you want and your hair done and you can have makeup and we can go all around the world and we can have money and we can just do all these really cool things. It was fun for me to be outside of home and to be living my own life. It was an adventure. like. Huckleberry Finn or something I thought it was you know it was like I'm out living my own life when all these other kids oh they're chumps they're going to school and they're listening to authority and I'm listening to all this thinking oh this is my this is you know this is my way out oh finally you know like this is my you know knight in shining armor he would tell me oh you know I love you and you know we're gonna do we're doing this together we're gonna stack up stack up stack up and then we're gonna spend it oh yeah I'm not getting this for you right now because I'm saving it I'm saving it for us. It was a delusion, because everything he promised, he didn't give it to me. He gave me the exact opposite. The first time that he had you sleep with someone else, what what did you feel? Did you want to? Did you oh, have he, a choice? But, oh, no, he made it sound good. He was like, oh, I have this friend. This friend, he really thinks you're cute. I want you to, I want you to have a date. He calls it a date. I want you to date him. 
it would make me feel so good. And so I start liking the friend, I'm like, oh, really? So you just do it. He said, go sleep with him. Tyrone, da da set it up. So I put this little outfit on he gave me, and, and then I went over there, and, and then he gave him the money. And then right when I got the money, he took the money. In between then, there was a lot of rapes. So there was uh, gang rapes, people lacing drugs and getting me to pass out so that they could gang rape me, other kids raping me. Um, and then my, my self-esteem, my view of myself, what I was worth, what I was worth defending became lower and lower and lower until I would just go with the person that was going to exploit me and I knew it was going to happen. And that's how I ended up on the streets and it was very, very easy for a pimp to convince me to go with him and make him some money because at least he saw me as something valuable. Did you see other girls that were 12 years old? Did you see younger girls also? I knew about younger girls that were out there, but I, I was really, I thought I was the only 12-year-old. I was told to lie and say that I was 16 years old. And this man, he took me, I was 14 years old, and he took me from here to California, okay, because he didn't want me to be here. And now I have a whole new identity. I'm not me anymore. I'm Tyra Brown now, and I'm 24 years old. I have the ID that matches it, you understand? But the you Social Security, yes. Every one of the called tricks knew I wasn't 24 years old, clearly, but they didn't care, you understand? And you just kept on believing that his loved love it. was real? Loved it, loved him. I thought well, it was love. It was just that last piece of me holding on to anything that cared about me, that wanted me, that wouldn't let me go, that wouldn't, you understand? Because I felt like, hey, who loves me? Who cares about me? Can we pray? Today, Father God, I just pray, Lord, that you would just help us. God, I pray that we will be your church and we will be the model. God, I pray that we will be the vessels. I asked earlier, God, where are you? And sometimes that's a question that the girls ask or the children ask. You are here because you're here in us. Lord, we are you. We're your working vessels, Lord God, and I pray. But, Lord, that we will answer your call, we will respond, and we will do ever what you called us to do, Lord God. That we would use our gifts, God, to be life, to help life, to save life, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you will be with each person here today. Lord, I pray that these words will not just be in vain. Lord, I pray that we will all be more aware, we will be conscious. But more importantly, God, that we will respond to you. Whatever you have us to do, that we will do just that, Lord. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we pray for each and every missing person now, God. Lord, we pray for those girls who are just reaching for hope. They're asking for help and hope. And God, they don't know how to get out. They don't know who to trust. Lord, I pray that we will be that hope. And Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for saving us. And Lord, let us continue to be that person and that light in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So my dear friend, Miss um, Kiera, no, she reminds me of Kiera, her name is Kiera, Kiera, okay, because I called you Kiera Shear. Um, she's gonna pass out some folders, and this is about Zoe Ministry, you can pass my key. This is on Zoe Ministry, everything that I said today about facts, about how, about what it looks like, um, who to call, more information is all in your packet. On the back table, there are flyers. There's some in English, there's some in Spanish, and there's some even in Chinese, Mandarin. Please feel free to pick them up. Post them in your grocery stores, any local stores, a school, anywhere you will feel that is comfortable or they will allow you to pick them up. Also, what you'll receive is I work for, or said earlier that I work for Presley Ridge Foster Care. We are looking for homes. These children are not children who are just want, wanting, sometimes wanting to get out because they had to be reprogrammed to understand what love is. And sometimes love is order, sometimes love is guidance, and sometimes it is hard love. But they need a place where to be feel welcomed. If you are interested in any way of possibly becoming a foster parent, um, Please also take this. 
And also, Tanya, well, I'm not really interested in being a foster parent. I'm just not at that place in my life. I don't feel like that's what God's called me to do to open my home. But is there somehow that maybe I could sponsor for a kid to participate in activity, or if I could sponsor a child to be a part of a program, or maybe if I could just volunteer a couple hours? Um, in in the, the person book in the magazine, there's one of these folders, and you're more than welcome to fill this out. And you say, okay, well, Tanya, that's wonderful, but I don't think God's called me to do any of those. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm just, it's just heavy on my heart, and I'm just going to keep on praying. But can I call you later, or can I just talk to you about some things? My business card is out in the back. Um, also with my email, it is best probably to email me. If you do call me, just please leave a message. I will get back. Don't I get back, yes. Katina? I will get back to you. <laughs> Um, but the best way to reach me, I would uh, recommend, is definitely to email me, and then I would absolutely respond back to you. So I pray that this was helpful. I'm going to open the floor up to questions. Um, this is a passion of mine because I, I was blessed to have a, a great life. And then in my field and my work when I went to school and being um, working in various places, seeing other families and other children who were not that privileged, it hurt my heart. Because I thought everyone, remember normalcy? Yeah. We all have a life. We all have our own story. Everybody in here has a story. Everybody in here has an experience from a child. No matter what it is, everybody has a story. And as a child, you kind of believe that everyone's story is like yours. But it's not. Whether it's good or bad, it's not. But it's what you do with your story, what you do with your life. And I'm, my goal and my mission is to try to help others to have a better life, no matter what has happened in the past, but to help them to overcome that so they too can have a better life. So I will now open the floor for questions. Okay, thank you very much, Tanya. Does anyone have questions for Tanya about the work that she does or Zoe Ministries? right I'm a foster child yay question for you so um, I looked at the map mm -hmm. and I saw that your Midwestern states did not have mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. uh, trafficking mm -hmm. is it the laws or the lack of laws um, mm -hmm. in Delaware that allow so much trafficking here and less trafficking in your Midwestern states question number one okay number two, um, the foster care system tends to at times mm -hmm. serve as an incubator mm -hmm. um, for mm -hmm. children uh, wanting to go out mm -hmm. um, because of what's happening in the foster care system. Can mm -hmm. you speak to that as well? Okay, absolutely. So two things. Let's go through the foster care one first. That's easier. Mm -hmm. um, foster care, so Presley Ridge, we're a treatment foster care, so we really invest into our foster parents and that we're really trying to provide forever homes for them. And we go through um, a big process before we actually license any of our foster homes so that we're not incubating for them. We're, our goal is now is that we're trying to provide them and give them life skills and for preparing them for life afterwards to be more independent so they don't just leave. Um, unfortunately, everyone doesn't leave like that. Um, but recently, we just had some um, uh, one particular person that I know of who just graduated with honors um, from high school. Um, is off to college, um, was offered a scholarship, and is doing extremely well. Um, so that is one of our big goals. The families that we have in Presley Ridge's model is about family, and is about family engagement, and is about teaching our kids and giving them the skills. So even to become a foster parent uh, within our agency, that's something that you have to have a lot of training that we provide with our, with our parents, because we want our children to, to live. That's, you know, that's, that's a big part of life, and giving them survival skills. Um, your other question in regards to the map. So two things. One, that map only goes by how many people have called in. Those are just the identified phone calls. Mm -hmm. So then the next question was, um, so what about the Midwestern states, and is it because of the laws? Um, I, I can't say it's because of the laws, but I can say um, there are more laws put, being put into place. It's almost like if we were, and I don't want to compare it to it, but like the drug laws. Um, it's about money. There's a profit. There's a profitness within this. And unfortunately, because of that, there's, there's a lot of fighting that has to be keep continuing to be pushed and for legislation and for different rules and different things to put a stop to it. 
our police um, are with us. There is now there is a trauma-informed um, care with the, our police. Um, they're aware. Um, charges that are being made are definitely being aware. There's a trauma team on board. So there's things that are being done, but there definitely could be more. There definitely be more. But we're working on it, and everybody's coming together and is collaborating. And I think the world is starting to see more and more through movies, um, through TV, through media, um, publicity, that this is a real issue. Um, and it's something that we can stop. This is something that we can stop. This is within our borders. We're not even talking about being bringing outside people in. We're talking about here. And one specific thing that we can even do here is help with our children, uh, keeping them safe, watching what they do on social media, um, building them up with their self-esteem, having an open relationship with your children or your nieces or your nephews, if you don't have children, your godchildren, whoever, giving them, a, hey, no, 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 who are you talking to? Well, I don't know, he's somebody. He said and he loves me. And he's the only one who understands. What do you mean he's the only one who understands? Have you met him? Have you seen him? Well, no, he said we just, well, have you FaceTime? No, he don't want to FaceTime. He just said that, um, you know, he, this is the way he likes it. You know, our, our kids can be so vulnerable. And technology, there are literally predators that are just, they just prey on our children. And it's not even just, you know, just children. I mean, again, there's no barriers, financial, um, racial, anyone. All of us are vulnerable. So if you have children, you have any youth in your, around you, please be observant. Please um, be engaged. Mom, why you always want to look at my social media? Why you want to look at my Snapchat? My, because I'm your mother. I used to tell my kids because I pay your bill. That's why. I pay that cell phone bill. But there's ways to get around that too. But you know, but just you know, but because I'm your mother. That's why. I'm your mother. Yes, ma'am. Oh. Um, I read in some sort of like article or something. I didn't know if I could trust it, but they said a lot of times uh, from human trafficking victims like um, they were abused and their mind was messed up so much that they forgot all about their family Absolutely. and they said that their owners and you know their whatever it was it was their family mm -hmm. and that there was no one else who cared about them and stuff like mm -hmm. was that actually true Absolutely there's uh, the young lady who just from a survivor story had just shared something like that um, it's almost like when people are in gangs they say that this is their family you're like how do you say it's your family and they beat on you or you're always fighting or something like that and, and I mean Every family could be dysfunctional in some way, but that's still, quote, unquote, your what? Family. And they're your family because they take care of you, parentheses. Um, so therefore, they, you know, this is what we do. Because when this person, that person, whatever the situation was in need, that family member, quote, unquote, came and took care of them. So when, you know, you left home, you're not leaving home, but if you had left home, and uh, yeah, you're not leaving home, not till it's time. Um, but if you had left home and that person came to like your best friend, acted as your best friend, you would trust them because they quote, they understood you. And they make you, as you're developing, your mind isn't fully developed till you're 24, around that age. But as you think that this is your best friend or they're, they're telling you all these things, you believe them. And even if they hit you, you know, I'm sorry I didn't mean to hit you. You just made me so upset. You know how angry I get at times. And then the person starts believing, oh, yeah, that is true. It was my fault. So now we're in an abusive relationship. Because that's another question people always ask. Well, how come they don't get out? Surely there's someone they could have talked to. But how do they know they could trust you? Because the last person they trust, they weren't there for them. Okay. Tanya, thank you so much. This was an excellent presentation. Yeah, yeah. We're grateful for your passion. Um, I wanted to ask if you could speak to uh, the rescuing of victims. Okay. I know in research um, and from uh, Yolanda's video on our TED Talk, there was the, the, the ratio between those who are rescued and how many beds are available mm. for those who are rescued. And also, how can you identify someone who may be trafficked. Like we have a motel right across the street and I know there's some stuff going oh, on absolutely. over there. You know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, we had a missionary uh, a partner who said that they, she was going into motels 
and taking a bar of soap, mm -hmm. putting it in a bathroom, and putting a number and a message for where people who go in mm -hmm. to provide these services can call if they need help. So how can we mm -hmm. be think outside the box mm -hmm. um, in terms of trying to help others to be rescued so that we can be a part of that process? Right. So uh, DELCAT, um, Del Delaware Coalition Against Trafficking, is something that is literally, and we're working with the Salvation Army in DELCAT, and I would definitely invite you and so or someone from your church to represent you to be a participant, because that is literally something what we're trying to do. We're trying to be an open door for everyone with no judgment. So when I said if they were to someone would walk through your door right now, not smell well, not look well, would there be immediate judgment? Or would you just be willing to just come sit next to me? And then, or perhaps just offer the bar of soap. Or, um, hey, look, here's some baby wipes. Just take this, go take yourself. Again, no judgment. And that's something that we're trying to create. So to answer the question about what you can do is to be open like that. The whole mission, the ministry of just being um, there and present is a big thing. Um, in regards to home, I think that's why the marriage, why I love Zoe Ministry, because they're about saving young children from trafficking. And I work in foster care, and the marriage for me was, this is what I do. I look for and I supervise and I look for homes where I can place these children, uh, where they can find a place to be safe. Everybody needs a place. I don't care how bad your day is. Sometimes, what do you think? You just want to go where? Home. Wherever your sanctuary is. These kids don't have a home. And they, they can't say, I just want to go home back to mom and dad, because mom and dad may not be a healthy place. Mom and dad may not even be present. Mom and dad might have been the predator. But we can share and we can show them a new place, a new home. So that is something that I'm always looking for. Um, and just, I have to put this out there because some people don't know, is that foster care year is a stipend that you get. You do receive a stipend, so it's not a, it wouldn't be a financial burden where everything is on you. There will be a financial stipend that you will receive on a monthly basis for the child um, to come in your home. And for someone to come with this um, experience, there's even a higher stipend. So we were definitely looking for beds. Um, the state is looking to try to open the place. Everybody's trying to look, because there's nowhere for them to go. And so what you can do immediately is offer them some hope. Well, I know the church doors are always open from 8 to 3. Can I just come in here and sleep in the corner? Every time somebody comes to church, they may not get saved, right? But they're hearing the word. And they're planting seeds. Every time I come in this church, they never judge me. They always just give me white. That sweet lady right there, she gives me a mint. It's for my breath. And I don't gag from whatever I did the other day. And she never judges me. She doesn't look at me different. This lady right here, she gave me a bag last week, had a little cute shirt and some clean underpants. Didn't say a word. That's what we can do. We don't have to have a big stage. We don't have to have an audience. We don't have to have us the church. The church today, we're going to go save the sex trafficking of Delaware. It could be just you by yourself in the car. Thank you. Thank you, Tanya, so much for your passion and all the information. I pray that, um, I know I wish we had more time for questions. Um, but as we continue through our missions month and actually through the rest of the year, um, our team is preparing to return to Kenya, right? So please be prayerful about that. But also there was a challenge to collect personal items that we take to Kenya. Well, this year we're also including Zoe Ministries. We would like to be able to, if any of the other things that Tanya talked about, you, you have to think through those things, you could always pick up a bar of soap, lotion, a toothbrush, an extra toothbrush, toothpaste, and drop it off here and we'll deliver those things. And we wanna be a church that helps to provide those sort of things to the women and the girls that are being rescued through Zoe's ministry, amen? Amen. amen. All right, let's close out. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, that you continue to provide opportunities for us to be the church, opportunities for us to express 
your love, to be your heart and hands for those who are hurting, those who are abused. And so, Father God, we are thankful this day that you sent Tanya from Zoe Ministries here with us to help us to understand the need that exists right here in our local community, the places where we work and we worship and we serve. And so, Father God, I pray that every heart and mind that um, heard this presentation or listened to the podcast later, Lord God, prick us. Father God, show us where we can get involved. Show us how we can support. Show us how we can speak up for the voiceless. Father God, we thank you. Lord God, we pray that um, as we prepare to enter into service, that you would be with our pastor, that you would um, give him all that he needs to bring forth the word that you have given him for us. Prepare every heart and mind that is here, that it will walk through that door. Lord God, may they sense your presence when they walk in this place, and may they feel an expression of your love through each one of us. Father God, we thank you and praise you in Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.